I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. If you loaded the phrase creepy predator pedophile along with Fort Myers, Florida into Google, I can predict without fear of contradiction that one of the first pictures you'd see is Donald Leroy Morrison. Donald is a predator who surfaced in our Fort Myers, Florida investigation, which we did in 2006. It was our fifth investigation. And as you know, Fort Myers was somewhat iconic because we had a naked guy show up. We had some other fellows who were notorious. David Schumacher. I got two words for you. Role-playing chat room. And we had the Fort Myers police, which some people thought was a little bit too aggressive. They had an officer in a ghillie suit, but it's Florida, right? Concealed weapons permits are easy to get, and the chief there wanted to make sure there were no issues. So I understand. It made for good TV as well, coincidentally. Anyway, back to Donald Morrison. So Donald, I honestly think that Donald Morrison was the inspiration for the cartoon predators portrayed on South Park. And I've given this a lot of thought. You may have seen the South Park episode where I was parodied and To Catch a Predator was parodied. I often have said that, you know, when my kids are in high school, the two older boys, you know, being on television, having a father on television was no big deal. They went to a private high school in Connecticut and they went to school with kids whose dads were captains of industry and Wall Street and sports figures and other media guys. So just having a dad on TV was not that big of a deal. But the day after South Park did the Chris Hansen to Catch a Predator episode, suddenly I was the coolest dad around. Anyway, I've watched the show, clips of the show. Actually, they don't tell you, by the way, that they're going to do you on South Park. I was on the West Coast on assignment on an unrelated story to Predator. And I get a text 
from one of my agents saying, South Park is doing you tonight. It's pretty funny. I go, hmm, that's interesting. Now, I was on the West Coast, so I couldn't watch it for three hours. And so about 20 minutes later, same agent, text again, said, it's taken a dark turn, which it did. But, you know, it's South Park. What do you expect? Uh, kind of flattered by it. And it's awfully dark funny. If you haven't seen it or listened to it, it's worth it. Anyway, if you listen to Donald Morrison, which you will hear in a moment, you might sense some similarities between him and the predators portrayed in the South Park episode. I won't spoil the episode. It's it's pretty clever, as they all are. Anyway, having said that, Donald Morrison, during our predator investigation at Fort Myers, was 48 years old, and his chat turned graphic very fast. He was only on for a matter of hours before... He brought up the topic of sex with a girl who said she was 15. Screen name, Snakes on a Girl. Apparently, Snakes on a Plane was a popular movie at the time. So her screen name was Snakes on a Girl. And she pretended to be 15, home alone. And pretty quickly, old Donald here gets pretty graphic. He's in a chat room. Interestingly, the actual decoy was Xavier Von Erich, who is the founder of Perverted Justice. As you know, probably by now, in those investigations, we collaborated with the online watchdog group Perverted Justice. And PJ did the decoy work. Del Frag did a lot of it, other volunteers as well. But the founder was actually Xavier. And in this case, Xavier did the online work. And I've wanted to reach out to Xavier for some time to actually get him on this program because I think he's got a lot to say and I think it would be very interesting. So actually last night as I was preparing for this podcast I sent him an email. I hope he gets back to me. I think it would be fascinating. Anyway, here are notes from Xavier Von Erk in this conversation with Donald Morris. A little over an hour of chatting and all the elements of this crime were laid out by Donald Morrison. Unlike the other conviction posted today that took four months of chatting, this didn't take nearly as long. Why? Because Morrison didn't want it to. It took him a mere 13 minutes to breach the idea of meeting and shortly thereafter laid out his sexual intentions. I was honestly very surprised that he moved so quickly. He wasted no time getting down to business and after viewing his interview, it was apparent why. This individual is the classic pedophile stereotype. Fearing little but a lack of underage victim, Morrison moved fast towards exactly what he wanted. Usually, individuals don't move quite this speedily, illustrating that we have to be ready for every kind of solicitation, and that's true. I mean, you think about Ford Myers. We had 24 guys surface in the span of three days. And sometimes guys spend a long time chatting and never show up. They get off on the chat. And if they can get the young boy or girl to go on a webcam, all the better. It's easier for them. So let me give you a sense of the actual conversation Morrison had with Van Eric posing as a 15-year-old girl. Donald Morrison uses the screen name Donnie1957Male. How clever. 
He was born in 1957 and, as we know, was male. He starts by saying, hey, how are you? I'm good, says Snakes on a Girl. What's your ASL? He says, 48. Cool, I'm 15. Okay, so right there, within minutes, he knows she's 15. And he asks, you have any brothers or sisters? She says, no. Then he sends a picture of himself wearing a cowboy hat. And we find out later that he lived in Texas for a bit. And that's significant in this story. Donnie says, I love horses. The girl says, that's awesome. So do I. Do you got horses? You're cute, he says. No, I did when I was in Texas, he says. Oh, that's too bad. I love horses and thanks. Most guys think I'm a geek. Wish you were 18. Oh, don't start that junk, she says. Sorry. He says, I had a girlfriend that was 17 once. Oh, that's cool. And that, by the way, you're going to find out in just a moment, turns out to be true. And that 17-year-old girlfriend got him in trouble. Because you'll find out that Donald Morrison has been in trouble with the law before. He asks, where in Florida are you? I'm pretty close to Fort Myers. Now, Fort Myers is a you know, pretty big area down in Florida. So the chances of getting hit on by someone from that area and someone as creepy as Donald are somewhat remote, but it happened. And again, just seconds later, he says, are you allowed out tonight? What do you mean? Want to have a burger later? I already had dinner, she says. Thanks for the offer, though. I'm just not hungry. Would meet you because you're nice. He says, forget what others say about you. You are really cute. Oh, this is the grooming process. Donald is not genius level in his intellect, nor is he particularly smooth in terms of conversation. But again, this lays out why somebody like this is so dangerous. You don't have to be a diabolical, brilliant criminal to pose danger to a child. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, acts like a cartoon character in South Park. But he's dangerous to children. He says, are you alone? Yeah. When will parents be back? Monday. Do you want to meet me? He says, I don't know. What do you want to do? Are you a nice guy or a jerk? Just talk. We're talking now. I mean, in person, he says. Why? You have nice legs. Here we go. The grooming is underway. I won't do anything to you. Well, that story changes. I can be your first if you want. Now, literally, I'm talking under a minute. From the time he says, I won't do anything to you, to I can be your first if you want. Talks about finding a movie. And then, well... I want to meet you and fool around. Well, he's honest, finally. And she says, it's just that if we're going to do stuff, I'd like to know what, you know. I won't have intercourse with you, maybe kiss it. Well, that changes, as you'll see. LOL, like that don't lead to stuff. Are you up to meet tonight, he says. Hun. And then he starts to get a little bit suspicious. She says, well, how do I know you're not a serial killer? Well, I have to trust that you aren't a cop. Now, this becomes significant because, well, Donald's been in trouble for doing 
similar things before. LOL, yeah, I'm a girl cop with girl cuffs. That seems to satisfy him. I can be there around 11 if you want. Are you going to stay over? What do you want to do? I'll stay for a few hours, he says. Boy, what a gentleman. I won't do anything you don't want, okay? Well, I don't want you to be mean to me or a jerk. Okay. Then he says, you have a teddy? I don't have any lingerie, she answers. A robe? I got my bathrobe. Okay, what's your address? And then he says that he's going to take a shower. Now, when I saw him walk in, he did not look like he had taken a shower. And I'll describe him in just a minute. You're not going to hurt me, right? No, I don't want to go to jail. I'm not going to send you to jail, she says. You're sweet. I like you. Thank you. And then he pretty much closes the deal as to what he wants to do in reality. She says that guys her age don't like her because her breasts are too small, blah, blah. Would you let me suck them, he says. And then she talks about maybe bringing condoms. I don't want to get pregs. I have a, but I'm going slow. If you are ready for sex, I'll give it to you, he says. But I have erectile dysfunction. Won't get real hard. I guess hard enough to rape a child. And you'll bring that up again at my conversation. So, just minutes after this online conversation ends, here comes Donald Morrison into our house in Fort Myers, Florida. Now, this is a beautiful house. Probably built in the 20s or 30s in a nice Fort Myers neighborhood. So he's got to pull up and, you know, must think to himself, what are the odds that a 15-year-old girl who wants to have sex with a 48-year-old guy is home alone in this beautiful hall at Fort Myers? But this is the drive that these guys have. They blur this line between fantasy and reality. And now they're going to they're gonna check this out. They're going to do it. They did it then. They're doing it today. And we know that because we're back out doing investigations. Listen to the exchange between the on-site decoy and Donald Morrison when he walks in. Try one of my cookies. They're so good. Chocolate chip's my favorite. Mine too. When I make them for Christmas, I make about 10 dozen of them. Whoa. Why so many? Because we usually got family in from the up north. We had like 14 of us here this year. Holy cow. I don't wait very long because, you know, Donald Morrison is a fast mover and he seems fidgety like he's going to maybe try to follow the decoy into another room. So I walk out and we have chocolate chip cookies on the countertop there, the little bar we have set up for our set. And I, you know, try to make each approach a little bit different. And so the first thing I said to Donald was, can I get you a glass of milk to go along with those cookies? Sure. And he seems to think, wow, that'd be great. Now, what is he thinking? He's eating the cookies, which he likes. And he said, yeah, I'd like some milk. Now, he never got that milk. He got arrested, as, as you may know. So we get right into our conversation. What's going on? I don't know. I just was talking to her, and she said, come down and visit her. I have a compulsion just to, with her younger women, just meeting them. I haven't, I've met about a dozen of them online. And so this is something you do frequently. Right out of the gate, Donald Morrison admits to me that he has a quote-unquote compulsion for younger girls. He's met a dozen of them. Got his glasses on, his messed up hair, his greasy T-shirt. 
And it, it's almost like a comedy routine. He gives it right up. And again, this would be funny if he didn't pose such a danger, if he wasn't there to rape a child. And then within just minutes of the conversation I had with him, he makes a shocking revelation. Where did you live before? Texas. And so you did this a lot in Texas. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get in trouble for it? Yeah. Yeah? Well, I got in trouble because I met a girl in Michigan. And how old was that girl? 17. And what trouble did you get in there? Well, her grandfather tried to charge me with something they couldn't do anything. So they arrested me for possessing child pornography because I had nude pictures of her on my computer. They ended up dropping the charges. And how did you get the naked pictures of the teenage girl? I met her in Michigan. And I took them. You took the pictures of the girl? Mm-hmm. And then you put them on your computer? On my computer, yeah. They were digital pictures. I'm stunned as I hear his words. He essentially... Well, he doesn't essentially. He admits that he met a 17-year-old girl online, drove him to Michigan, my home state, to meet her, had a liaison, took pictures of her, naked pictures, by his own admission, and then brought them back to Texas, where he lived at the time. Now, the girl's grandfather, and we have some court documents, and I'll talk about that here in a second, to back up this case, the girl's grandfather got wind of this, and I don't know whether he sent the pictures to the girl or he was posting them online. And, and he was charged in Texas, as he said, with possession of child pornography. Now, in Texas, possession of child pornography, if you're convicted, is a maximum 10 years in prison for each image possessed. Somehow, these charges were lowered. He says the charges were dropped, but that's not exactly what happened. The court in Texas, the district court, lowered the charges to unlawful instrument. In other words, using a computer or a camera to take pictures of somebody who's underage. So he pleads to that lesser charge and he gets a year in the county jail and he serves some time being arrested. Now, this is significant. He does not have to register as a sex offender. So he drives to Michigan, meets this 17-year-old girl who he originally met online. They have their sexual liaison. He takes naked photos of her. He comes back to Texas. He gets busted in Williamson County. That's just north of Austin. And he gets into trouble. And he goes away for just about a year in the county jail. Doesn't have to go to state prison, goes to county jail. Gets out. So no registration, and he moves from Texas to the Fort Myers area, North Fort Myers, where he's living with his mom and dad. Now, he's 48 years old, and the only occupation we can find is that he himself bakes chocolate chip cookies for his friends and family. Listen to what he says in the interview next. How old was the youngest girl you ever met? 17. 17. Most of them are like 21, 22. And tonight, though, you were willing to come meet a 15-year-old. Yeah, I don't know why. You don't know why? Well, I know why. Well, you treat this like, he, you know, you forgot to pay for uh, some candy at the uh, no. grocery store. I came to meet her because she told me that she was bored. And I said, well, do you want me to come down and meet you? And I said, she said, sure, come on down. So I said, okay. That was it. Now, Donald knows he's caught. Donald knows he's in trouble. But he treats this casually. 
he tells me he's met a dozen other young women online. He says most of them are around 21. That's convenient that, you know, 21 is uh, the age of adulthood. I doubt that. He's already been caught taking nude photos of a 17-year-old. Now, anyone under 18 whose photos you take that are pornographic constitute child pornography. So it doesn't matter whether the age of consent is 17 in whatever state, if you take their picture under 18 and it's a pornographic picture, it's child porn. The law is very clear on that. That's federal law. So where he's acting, like this is no big deal because he wasn't going to do anything with this 15-year-old girl she didn't want to do. But at 15, you can't give consent at the time in the state of Florida. It's illegal. It's statutory rape. And he wants to explain this way. Now, he is not nervous in this interview. In his own mind, he's being contrite. He's admitting to it. He's admitting to the fact that he is a compulsion. And he's eating these cookies the whole time I'm asking him questions. And reviewing all this, to put this podcast together, this episode... It puts me right back in that position. I remember wearing that suit, that shirt. I remember where I was two days before. I remember what it was like in the house. I see a very young-looking Ronnie Knight, my security guy, behind me in the shot. And we continue. I know it's wrong. I shouldn't have done it. I knew I shouldn't have done it. Why'd you do it then? I don't know. Just... Just... Because when people sweet-talk me, I fall. I fall. When people sweet-talk me, I fall for it? Come on, Donald. If he does really believe that, it's sad. But it doesn't take away from the danger he posed to a child. And then he goes on to tell me that, well, thanks for setting me straight. We'll get to that in a minute. It's almost like he thinks that he can walk out of there because he's admitted to his crimes. And in his mind, as clouded, as criminal, as dim as it may be, he's starting to figure out who I am. Not a big TV watcher, Donald. But he's aware of the franchise. This was our fifth investigation. And it had gotten a fair bit of notoriety. But still, as we see, guys were showing up. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. So Donald's starting to put together that he may not walk out of here a free man. And he's still trying to justify why he was there to have sex with a 13-year-old girl. You say, if you are ready for sex, I'll give it to you, but I have erectile dysfunction. Won't get real hard. Sure sounds like you were preparing for a sex act. I was preparing for because she said that, you know, she, I said, if you read, saw what I said, I said, if you want it, I will give it to you. But I'm not going to force anything that you don't want. I'm not going to force myself on you. That doesn't make it legal, though. I know it doesn't make it legal. I want you to be honest with me. If I wasn't here tonight and a young girl was, who was alone and willing to have sex, what do you think would have happened? I could say honestly, yes, it probably would have if she would if she would have, you know, said, hey, let's go for it. I mean, that's kind of amazing. He admits out of all the dodgy characters I've interviewed, hundreds and hundreds of them who say, well, I was here to 
protect the girl. I was going to sit with her till her mother or father got home. I really wasn't going to do anything. It was just fantasy. Donald comes right out and says, yeah, I was going to have sex with her if she was okay with it. Just matter of factly. And I'm looking at him and I'm almost stunned that he would make this admission. It, it, it took me a second to formulate the next question. And you don't see anything wrong with that? Yes, I do see things thing wrong with it, but I have lack of judgment. You're going to tell your folks about this? I'm going to tell my folks about it. You are? Yes, sir. How do you think they're going to react? Oh, I know. My mom's going to t- t- take my computer and completely throw it away. You're 48 years old, Donald. Why should you rely on your mommy to do discipline here? Because of, like I said, lack of judgment, you know, being being lonely, having no girlfriend, you know, phys- you know, physical contact with anybody, just, you know, lack of, just lost it. Again and again, he comes back to lack of judgment, being lonely, not having a girlfriend, living with his parents. And when I ask him if he's going to tell his parents about this, he says he will. And in an almost childlike way, and you heard him say it, he thinks he's going to get disciplined by his mother. She's going to take his computer away, totally take the computer away, which I guess is a different level of taking your computer away. And, and, you know, you sort of feel sorry for a fellow of that intellect or that lack of adult ability to comprehend the difference between right and wrong. But again, I keep coming back to the fact that if I wasn't there and a 15-year-old girl was there, there would have been a rape. And so all that other stuff, all that other compassion, and I do have compassion, even for predators, and I try to have some understanding, all that goes out the window because at the end of the day, we potentially prevented the rape of a child. So finally, we wrap up. And Donald Morrison gives me one of the most iconic lines in the history of the predator investigation. And I'm going to say it, and then you're going to hear it, because it's just, it's too rich. Thanks for giving me a kick in the pants. Oh, you're going to get a kick in the pants, all right, Donald. Thanks for bringing, you know, kicking me in the pants and setting me straight, Chris. Let's say it'll be the first and it'll be the last time. And he starts to figure out exactly what he's walked into to catch a predator. And he starts to figure out exactly who I am. He said he didn't recognize me at first, but he picked up on the voice. Well, you know who I am. Yeah, I know who you are. Once I recognized it, you know, I heard recognize the voice. I don't really watch Dateline. I mean, I'm usually working two to two to eleven. Wait, I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline right, NBC. I understand. I know who I recognize from the voice. And everything you've just said and done has all been recorded. Okay. And I know this is probably going to be on Dateline too. So go ahead and put it on. He actually gives us permission to put him on the show. Go ahead, put me on. So he knows on some level that he's in trouble here. Obviously. He doesn't act like he is anxious or worried about it. It's almost like, well, this is what I did. This is what's going to happen. And now I'm going to be on TV. Go ahead, put me on. It's okay. And finally, he leaves. But even that was a difficult task for him. 
And if you have anything else you'd like to tell us, we'd like to hear it. Just saying that, you know, I shouldn't have done it. I mean, I'm, this is something I normally don't don't go out and do. You want to, you, I'll give you permission to even monitor me if you want to. I appreciate that. Donald, you're free to walk out that door, that same door you walked in. Am I going to be arrested when I go out there? That's not up to me. Okay. But you're free to go. Straight back. Straight back. Right through uh, that door right there. He even makes an incredible offer that he'll allow me to monitor his computer. He'll even go get help from a counselor. Well, (laughs) computer monitoring was something he was supposed to experience. There's some confusion as to how much of that actually happened, and you'll hear why in just a minute. So after all that, after the I'm sorry, I won't do it again, thank you for kicking me in the pants, setting me straight, off he goes. He has a little trouble finding the door, but we direct him in. When you watch him leave, and we could on the monitor, that the back step provided a issue for some of our visitors during that investigation. It was a, a big step. And he stumbled a little bit and walked around the corner, and Fort Myers police were waiting for him. Now they, they get him on the ground. And Fort Myers, get, get on the ground! On the ground! And handcuff him and haul him away. And they interview him at the station. Now, during the interview, He starts to have what appears to be diabetic shock, leading me to surmise that maybe he ate just a few too many of those chocolate chip cookies while he was in our predator house in Fort Myers. He ended up being okay. He went through the court system. He pleaded guilty to charges stemming from the Fort Myers investigation, received nine months in jail, three years probation, and finally... He had to register as a sex offender for life in Florida. So at least now, authorities can keep tabs on him. And so can the public because he was on to catch a predator. So almost six years after he was arrested in our investigation, Donald Morrison shows up at a public library in the Fort Myers area. And he's lurking about and he gets on a computer. Now, he's a registered sex offender, right? So he's not supposed to be near kids. He's not supposed to be using Facebook, certainly, to look at kids. But that's exactly what he does. So he's in the library and somebody sees him, somebody who works there, somebody who is visiting, and calls the sheriff's department, says, hey, look, Donald Morrison, who got busted in to catch a predator, who admitted on camera that he had gotten in trouble before for taking nude pictures of a 17-year-old girl who's met other young women online maybe a dozen times. This guy, after all that, is in the Fort Myers, Florida library on a computer looking at kids' pictures. So the sheriff's department sends a deputy over. He's arrested. His story is that he had a female friend in prison who wanted to see pictures of her grandchildren or nieces or nephews. I don't think the court really bought into it, but that was his excuse. He didn't get much time for that. 40 days in the county jail. And as far as we know from then on, 
Donald Morrison has not been in trouble with the law. He lives with his mother. Don't think he's working. Joey Teacap and some Teacap followers did reach out to him, as did I for this podcast, to see if he'd talk, to see if he'd sit for an interview. And I don't expect anything from him that's particularly enlightening, except his same old story. I don't know that I'd spend a episode on his interview. I might. We'll see. I reached out to him. We'll see if he gets back. But he did talk to an associate of Joey Teacaps. And in a bizarre twist, he talks about visiting a brothel in Mexico, just out of the blue. And how the grandma, the matron apparently of the brothel, inspected his private area. And because of what she saw, wouldn't allow him the services of the brothel in Mexico. Now, who knows whether this is true or not, but it's Donald talking about it. Take a listen. Matter of fact, one time I tried to pick up one while I was in Mexico. Oh, really? Did you have any luck? No. Uh. I'll wait. I'll wait because I had, I had a docket. <laughs> it was all irritated. They said, nope. Grandma said, nope. So there you have it. Donald Morrison in his own words from 2017. Who knows if it's true? Donald Morrison is now 64 years old. Is he still a danger to the people in Fort Myers, Florida? I would argue yes. And I would argue that it's a good thing that he continues to be a registered sex offender. At least we know, for the most part, where he is, what he's doing. And we know he has to check in. And if he violates at this point, lock him up forever. He's done. As you know, we'd like to hear from you, our loyal listeners to this podcast. And I've been overwhelmed and quite impressed, actually, at how many people have sent audio files of questions. And once again, we're going to play one of those questions. This question from Zahe in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hi, Chris. I've been a big fan of yours for a very long time. In several of your podcasts, you've mentioned a desire to interview some of the predators that you've caught. So I guess I have two questions. One, what's the possibility of actually obtaining an interview with them? Like, do you think you have pretty good chances of um, securing an interview? And two is, what questions would you ask them? That's what I'm really more curious about. Like, what does your line of questioning look like when and if you get an interview with a predator? So loving your podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. You're exactly right. I do want to interview some of the predators I've caught for this show. And we're working on a number of things right now. One, obviously, Lauren Armstrong. And we're trying to come to terms that he'll agree to for an interview. He's made some demands that are somewhat unreasonable, but we're working towards a resolution. And there are several others who I'd like to talk to. Now, as you can imagine, some have gotten into trouble again. Some have turned their lives around, and I want to hear from both of them. But it's a bit of a challenge, to be honest with you, for someone who had notoriety from an investigation and has gone into his own business and 
is now succeeding, has stayed out of trouble. It's a bit of a challenge for someone like that to go public. I think it would be really constructive. I think it could help a lot of guys who are in that middle category I talk about, guys who wouldn't defend or act out on their attraction to boys or girls who are too young for them, except for the internet. I think it would be good to hear from somebody who made that mistake and figured his life out. And the questions I would ask, besides the obvious, would be anything that gets me into their mind, their mindset, to help me to understand, to help everyone to understand why they did it. Because if we can get into the minds of these guys, we can help others like them to not offend, and we can help young people from becoming a victim. And I'd really like to dig deep. And I've talked before, I know, about uh, having a therapist, a doctor on who studies this field. And we have somebody lined up. It's just a matter of when we do it. I don't want to do it remotely. I want to do it in person. And this particular person's in Florida. And I've got another assignment down there for another project soon. So I'm going to do that. But that's what I would ask. And in fact, we will at some point interview some predators. And we've got that in process. So thank you for joining me again to hear the inside story of this predator I've caught. We'd love to hear from you, not only in the audio questions that you send, which are great, but also remember to subscribe to the podcast and to leave a review. And until next week, you can find me on Discovery Plus with my series there. Cameo, Patreon, Chris Hansen has a seat, and on all social media, I'll be watching and listening.